Hey y'all, you're here and now listening to the Vitamin D Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dawn Day, and I'm here to help you become your best self because I want you to live your best life. So today, as I'm looking at the world in the U.S., I can't help but see all the pain and suffering people are going through from loss. And it's just coming in so many different ways and so many directions from loss of freedom. You can't do what you want. Loss of opportunities. There's so many people without jobs right now. And then the one that hits the top tier for me, and that's dealing with the loss of loved ones. And that made me think, are we having the conversations about death? As far as how to prepare, what is it that we want? And that leads me with my guest today. Now, you've heard of a doula, right? A doula is traditionally known to bring life into the world. Well, my guest, Ashley Johnson, is a death doula. And she's also the founder of Loyal Hands. It's an organization offering end-of-life transition services to help people have a healthy relationship when it comes to the end of their lives. It's definitely a spectacle to see when people actually embrace the fact that they are transitioning and take power into that whole aspect of mystery, but incorporating happiness with it. And it takes me back even dealing with my mother and when she had her transition. I didn't know what she wanted. We never talked about it because for some reason we have this thought process that this day will never come. But guess what? It's inevitable. And rather than putting the pressure on your loved ones to make decisions or even the pressure of yourself of trying to have to figure it out, maybe you need to hire an organization like Loyal Hands. Find yourself a death doula. So you're probably curious at this point. What exactly is a death doula and what do they do? Well, no need to wonder any longer. It's time for your dose of vitamin D. Get your vitamin D right here with me and get excited about your life. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vitamin D podcast. I have an interesting conversation in store for you today. Um, I have a special guest. Her name is Ashley Johnson. She is the founder of Loyal Hands, an organization offering end-of-life transition services. Yes, just like a doula brings life into the world, well, Ashley's business is all about transitioning life out of this realm. So without further ado, please help me welcome to the Vitamin D Podcast, Miss Ashley Johnson. Ashley, how are you? I am amazing. Thank you. Thank you. That was an amazing introduction. Um, yes, I am Ashley. I am the founder of Loyal Hands End of Life Doulas. I am a certified end of life doula. Cue the organ. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of people are familiar with the word doula. It's like synonymous with, you know, being a, the birth doula. Um, until recently, there's been a lot of advocacy for people that are transitioning out. And if you think about it, a lot of us birth doulas and death doulas, we pretty much do the same thing and we require ourselves to be fearless, patient, and calm first and foremost, because we have to be there and be present for our families, for the families and for the people that are transitioning. How did you get into this line of work? Okay. I, I would love to tell you like a fairy, a fairy tale story, but I honestly, I got into this line of work. It's been since I was young, I gravitated towards people that were elderly and transitioning. Even I would look at this, uh, you know, the Sunday paper, they come out with the comics. I would look at the obituaries what? and it would find such amazement with the stories that they would tell, um, the history and things there, you know, their legacy. 
and then from there I went to school. I, you know, I graduated from the university of Florida. So go Gators. Mm. But, and after that, I became into death care, like for the over a decade. Wow. Yeah. It, I, honestly, it's crazy. It's not something that you hear all the time. A death doula, end of life doula. Um, a lot of people are foreign to it. A lot of people don't even like to talk about death. So that in itself is foreign. So literally, um, I'm here. A lot of end of life doulas are coming to the forefront to actually speak about death, to actually to talk about it. Because as you know, like a lot of cultures, that was hush hush. Right. Especially in Westernized society, we don't talk about it. And we act like if we don't talk about it, it doesn't exist. And it won't happen. Right. And it happens. And right now with COVID-19 happening, it's something we have to think about. Correct. Crazy, crazy, crazy. And that's the thing right now with COVID-19 It's brought death to the forefront. A lot of people are, we're talking about it. A lot of people are afraid of it. Um, I will say that we have increased our calls on people having anxiety and stress about talking about death and things like that. And it's all really due to COVID because the people are, we're not ready. We haven't had those conversations. A lot of people, when there's when they get when their family member get gets COVID nineteen, they they don't have their rights in order, so they don't know if their loved one wants a DNR or have all the like have all the medical work to help them or anything like that. So that's definitely cranked up a lot because people are not we're talking about it. So why do you think we're afraid of talking about death? Like, what's the perception? Is it scary? Should it be scary? Ah, uh, it's a taboo. That's the thing. It is a taboo. Of, you know, people think if we talk about it, it's happening. Death is going to come to our door. Uh, I'm one. I'm not talking about it. I'm not. I, I do talk about it. I take that back. I'm not manifesting on it. I like to address the elephant in the room. Just how we're born, we will transition. Um, but we and the thing is, we're only born once. And we will transition only once. So we want to make sure it's a good transition. We want to make sure like we have our, our, our rights and our advanced directives and things like that in order. So when things happen and they go away, that everything that we wanted is, is followed through. Mm. So, yeah, I, you know, so I know from being a deaf doula, like I think that you should talk about it. It's just as much as we talk about death with our sex with, um, with adolescents, you know, we have to talk about it. We have to address it because it's not like, it's not going to happen. Right. It's nothing that you can avoid. Right. And it reminds me of even losing my mother and even various loved ones. There is a weight that you carry to make sure what should I do if anything were to happen? Then you don't want to live with the, the idea of, did I make the right decision? So, that's amazing to hear as a child. You're up here reading obituaries instead of comic books. I really think my mom should have probably been paying attention. Like, what is wrong with this kid? <laughs> is what it is wrong? wrong were you walking into a gift? Because I'm sure now we're going to talk about this, how your, your passion, your, your line of work probably saves lives in a business that's catered to lives transitioning out of this world. Right, right, right. And right. So yeah. Um, definitely being it's being a millennial like that that right there in itself it's like a go-getter type Mm -hmm. of I won't say all millennials I should preface that well let's just we're gonna talk from an optimistic point of view (laughs) 
But literally, I say with the end of life doulas, we millennials are taking charge and like we want to talk about it. We this is a I get a lot of millennials that are coming to the forefront. They're like kind of curious because it was it's such a taboo thing. So we're like they're asking questions because they're like this is kind of forbidden. So we're kind of interested and intrigued, which is good. <laughs> cool. Let's talk about it. Like I give a lot of kudos to baby boomers, baby boomers. Um, if you look back at it, they were the trendsetters. They were the ones that started like the get fit and healthy. Um, they, and now that they're aging at, um, astronomical rate, it's, they, they waited later to have children and things like that. So now that they're, they've lived a holistic and healthy life. Now they want to transition as well in, in a, in a not so normal lifestyle. Mm. So, yeah. So have you seen that's more positive or negative? It's positive. Um, working with baby boomers, it's like they, they aren't afraid to talk about it. They know the inevitable is coming. Um, it makes it, they honestly, they drop off so many jewels. Um, they definitely tell you about the keys of life, what they learned throughout the way, what was the most important, what wasn't, what, why are you wasting your time with X, Y, and Z when you should just go live your life and be happy with blah, blah, blah. Like right. I, one quote, like I can say that I have a client that is transitioning um, and he is a millionaire and he, he'll tell me like, you know, he has a fleet of cars, fleets of cars outside his house. And he'll say, Ashley, I can't even drive these cars. I scoured the world to get these cars. He would, he would find exotic cars, foreign cars and travel to them. And that was his thing. And now that he's transitioning that he's like, I can't take these with me. And he's like, I worked day and night so I can afford that luxury to do what I wanted to do. I took away time from my family, you know, working hard. And now I can't even take that with me. So he has regrets. Oh, wow. Of this. And it's like heavy things. And he's like, you know, spend time with your loved ones. Like, and you're like, yeah, I do that regularly. But then you're like, no, just because you're spending, you're spending a lot of time doesn't mean you're spending quality time. Mm -hmm. So you want to, then you're like, I want to spend quality time with people. Ask, ask those provoking questions. Like, Hey grandma, hi, how, how was it when you grew up? Like, you know, things like that. Like, tell me about your childhood and random stories. Oh, and I love yeah. that's what you said, because that's something that I talk about, uh, your life bank account. Yeah. Because your life bank accounts, you have to discern what kind of deposits versus liabilities are you making there and what yeah. makes it worthwhile. Like, how yeah. are you spending your time? Because, yes, we want the American dream. Yes, we want to travel. Yes, we want these cars. Yes, we want this lifestyle. But then you think about it, the quality of your life. While you're making deposits, what are the liabilities? And does it balance out? It doesn't mean you can't have it. So thank right. you for sharing that. And as I see, like, you are very wise and beyond your years. So I'm just wondering, what was life growing up for you? And how did that affect your ability or how did that en enhance your decision to form Loyal Hands? Um, honestly, uh, life for me growing up as a, as a child, I grew up in a single parent household in a, a low income neighborhood. And pretty much how that transitioned to me into getting into this line, this line of work is because I grew up in the neighborhood that I grew that the neighborhood that I grew up in, it lacked the advocacy, um, how to deal with the end of life process. So death happened as it happens every day. Um, but families weren't emotionally or mentally 
uh, financially prepared. So families weren't healing from these traumas. Their loved ones would die. They're not healing from them. And so therefore we create a general, you start, I look back now, a lot of generational traumas were recreated because they weren't, we weren't healing. We weren't talking about it, the mental aspect of it. Um, so that was like the framework. I saw that I, you know, I saw that we were repeating the same cycle. So literally it came to be when a good friend of mine got colon cancer um, at the age of 27. Um, I was doing a lot of the end of life doula work uh, without a title. It was just something natural, um, innate. I was definitely at the hospitals by her bedside, helping her make really in depth, like, decisions on how she wanted to carry out the rest of her life how did she want to leave her legacy she didn't have any children so how did she want to have her legacy so once she transitioned i saw fit to provide others the need of end of life education like or holistic services and companionship because like i said before like everybody deserves a good death and families need proper closure so would you say that your services is more for the person that is transitioning or for the loved ones that are dealing with the other loved one that is transitioning? Both. I deal with oh, both. Wow. Um, because a lot of loved ones, they don't understand the process of ten. They think it's a, a final goodbye. They take it as a final goodbye and things like that. Um, I, I, my whole, when I am hired to be like the end of life doula, I, I come in there as an advocate for the person that is transitioning. I want to make sure that what they want to be done by the time they transition is actually properly executed. Um, and also taking care of the family because I know the family can't pour from an empty cup. So there's times where I will, you do, I will bring like a, um, what is it called? I have a, a foot soak. So, because, you know, the loved ones, I just, a little pamper me time because as they are taking care of their loved ones and, and having a, a remorse and grieving while that loved one is still alive, I, I like to bring them into an element of focus then on themselves. I am here, here, like relax um, because you can't pour from an empty cup. So, oh, you so you're offering a foot soap for the loved ones. Yeah. Oh, I, I, wow. Yeah. We, I definitely cater because I... I'm not there 24 hours a day. So I, I educate the loved ones on what's the steps that are happening. I and have so many questions. I'm just trying to think of how to gather them. No, all together. ask away, ask uh, away. So let, let's even thinking about your good girlfriend that you lost and you mm-hmm. said how you were doing all these practices and not realizing that this was helping to form your soon to be business. Now I'm wondering how did you get the strength does it mean, did you, was it for certain that she was transitioning out of here? I'm just thinking if I have a loved one, how, I don't even know how I need you. Right. Right. And it literally, it was when you have for her and her situation, when that happened, it was her oncologist came in and told her her options. And at that time he told her, Hey, we're going to start chemo. We're going to start chemo. Um, this means that you most likely won't be able to have children. You know, that's, that's heavy. You know, as a woman, you're like, wait, I need to decide right now my life or the ability if I need to have children, even though I wasn't thinking of having children right now, but now we have this. And so it was like, okay, this is a, this is a heavy decision. What do you want to do? 
And it's like, okay, you're, you want, you want it like prolong her life. And I was like, you know what? That's great. That is your decision on what you want to do. There's plenty of other options. We, you could, you can have your eggs harvested. You could have, you can adopt children. You could foster children. You can be a big brother, big sister program. There's many options. So you think we're thinking outside the box. And then from there, it just escalated from other, other decisions. I became her point person. Like, I don't know how to tell my mom this because now you're, you're coming into a situation where the doctors are telling you things and you have to tell your mom, you know, you know, my last, my last process, you know, my last therapy did not go so good. So how do I tell my mom that it's not going good? And it's just like, that is very hard to tell your mom that she's going to, that she could possibly be losing a child Wow! and how to break that news. It's, it's hard. So, and I, at that time, I promise you, I didn't have any formal training. So this is literally me coming from as my sister, my, my sister friend, you know, uh, just being, what would I do? How, you know, being an active listener and what would I do putting myself in her situation? And that's how literally it developed. Wow. It was, it was a heavy, it was definitely heavy. Um, I, I carry her essence with me daily. Um, I, I, I can't front like the reason that I, that I'm really doing this is because when she transitioned, it was in peace. It wasn't, it wasn't something traumatic. It was in peace and who she wanted to be around her, what she wanted. Um, and so that's like literally a driving force. And I'm like, you see so many people, especially how I was growing up, that wasn't their situation. And so their loved ones that are still living didn't have that trauma. Like, oh my gosh, they were, they were in a hospital bed. The doctors weren't attentive. The family affairs weren't in order. And it's so much stress. It wasn't, a, she didn't have stress. She was, she literally was like, went to sleep. It was very peaceful. So that's what I, that element, I would like to extend to everybody to have something peaceful. Everything else is secured. Right. Because in your peaceful mind, you can think. And more importantly, what you said, and I think we may mention is about how important it is to be present. Yeah. Present. In the moment. And not having to worry. So now that you move forward and let's just talk about this. Tell us how you implemented your educational experience. Because did you know about this career path or did you kind of cultivate it? I did not know about the whole career path of being an end of life doula. Um, as I said, I graduated from University of Florida with a degree in anthropology and a background in chemistry. Um, I went on to work in a, a background in like death services. So from working in a morgue, um, working in a lab, it's been, I, so I was able to see all different types of scenarios with death and dying from like with hospice and things like that. So with that, it just literally, when she transitioned, I was like, I want to help people, but how can I help people? How, like you start, I started reaching out to like organizations and seeing, you know, this is, this is the idea that I have. Is there something that I can, that I can do? Um, literally I found like there's, there was a whole curriculum and backgrounds in schools that educate people on how to help people, uh, with being an end of life doula. I, I, I definitely will say like, um, it helps 
it definitely it helps right now for me i will say it helps for me i take i've taken um the programs i became need a proficient it's a it's a how can i describe that Oh my gosh. It's like a uh, core curriculums for how to be an end of life doula. So I became a certified end of life doula. I became a need a proficient end of life doula. I will tell you, I'm always a student. I'm always learning. Everybody is diverse. There's so many different aspects of people. That's where like my anthropology comes in. I love that. I love to study and, and immerse myself in cultures and practices. So that literally spearheaded me to be where I am right now. That is amazing. And I love that. So with Loyal Hands, what kind of uh, experience, what type of training uh, do you go through with your, your doulas? So with our doulas, they come from various walks of life, um, their skills, their interests and everything. But the bare basics that the, our Loyal Hands doulas, they must have, they, they have to graduate from a training program. Um, they must be need a proficient. Like I said, it mean, that means meeting core proficiencies to be an end of life doula. Um, and also volunteer. How do you know if this is something you want? It, because it is very different if you don't immerse yourself mm. and be like, you know, be around people that are transitioning in all aspects. What do you mean by in all aspects? Because as end of life doula, we definitely, we deal with the elderly, we deal with the dying, but there's a lot that we deal with in aspects of people that are just normally healthy. They just want to make sure that their affairs in order because they know death can happen at any minute. Like right now, COVID-19 is happening and a lot of people are coming to just to have their advanced directives and their advanced care planning in order. So if something happens, if they have to go into the hospital, their family knows what they want, um, the life-saving procedures that they want. And if something turned fatal, they would know how to properly execute their last will and testament. Wow. And you're saying that would be basically if the, so, but I'm thinking to myself, if I'm interested, I would already have to be around people like that and, and have exercised that. Cause how would I know? Right. Uh, education is key because mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of people, you know, they don't know about end of life doulas and, uh, and people that when they do hear about end of life doulas, they think it's like a hosh posh, like very fancy, like only celebrities can have end of life doulas. And it's the furthest thing from the truth. It's, End of life doula is, is your, like I said, your advocate. And it's something as simple as if you wanted to get like a Google search. Mm. It, we're, like, it's a, you can Google search will a lot of doulas or end of life practices will pop up. Wow. So it's, it's definitely something new. A lot of things, it, it is something that's foreign. It's a taboo, especially, like I said, Westernized culture, we tend to avoid talking about death and dying. So, you know, now for, so just going on a Google search and just simply finding someone to say, you know, death doula, that's how I would find a death doula. You, you definitely could. You, that's definitely like, there's websites that cater to a whole variety of, um, spectrums of death doulas. You can, and then you can call and see, Hey, just how you interview your, like for me personally, you interview your doctor or just to see if your chemistry is good. Because a lot of people, they call us, um, but we need to make sure our chemistry is good. You just, just because you call, you know, we do a a standardized initial interview and see what your services that you do need and that you are requesting. Because sometimes it's like a legacy. You want to create a legacy project. And we have a, we have a doula that's great with building a whole legacy project. 
And we do an interview like that because we want your end of life to be great. We want your energy. We want your vibes to be high. So we want to make sure that we connect you with somebody that's going to compliment you and not just make you feel like they're just here for a job. Now, you just mentioned something. You said a legacy project, which made me think, what are the available uh, resources that you offer? Oh, a variety. So end of life doulas, we're, we pretty much collaborate with hospices and palliative care. We are a team. Okay. And I was wondering what that difference was. Yeah. So we pretty much, we compliment them. We pretty much fill in the gap that they have in the whole dying process. So that means we we're helping them with non-medical care, like advanced care planning, um, creating a support team for the family. Because you know, you have family members that they don't know how to care for their family member at the end. So it's just like one destined family member that's taking care of everything. So you have moments like that. So you're like, hey, let me pull, let's pull all together and let's delegate tasks. Um, obviously we help with, with household errands. We household errands, we hold a visual visual. Um, we create these legacy projects. We provide we're companions with our dying and their families. We literally immerse ourselves within the family to become family um, with that whole process. So we we can get in there in the very beginning phases when they get their diagnosis of, you know, a terminal illness to where at the very end where the family is like just coping with the whole transition process and they just, they can't be in the room while their loved one passes away. So we're in there. So their loved one doesn't pass away by themselves. I, I guess I got a flash because I just thought immediately I'm thinking to myself, how do you handle all of this, Ashley? And I, I and I guess because a lot of people think of death and the sadness, I can only wonder because you are in this line of work. What do you think yeah. is the valuable way to actually look at the end of life as well as and death? You know, that is a great question because I'm able to learn something from every person that hires myself um, in the value of life. And how precious that it is. So I gained a lot of respect for the whole transitioning process because I know that everything with life is all of it's all a transition. Mm. It's all a cycle. As if we see the seasons, it's that's exactly mimics our life. And so we need to enjoy every moment of it, even the good, the bad, especially the ugly, because there's a learning phase in it. And you want to learn from it so you don't keep repeating it, but it's everything. You see the silver lining. So that's what I, I take joy in being an end of life doula because it's always something I'm learning. I'm always gaining some, some, some type of philosophical knowledge that makes me say, huh, well, you're right. That's very true. Like I actually really don't need to have, you know, a closet full of shoes. (sighs) You know what I mean? I, actually, I don't like a lot of superficial things or, you know what? Every time I'm around that person, I get anxiety. And but but I I still put myself around that person. No, actually, I don't. I don't need to be that way. Wow. I mean, I felt like because that was an on time word because both of those things like genuinely spoke to me because it's like time is so precious. They say it's the most right. valuable uh, coin. Once it's right. spent, it's gone forever. There's no rewind. 
There's no like right. bring it back. There's no no way. I mean, nature is saying yes. Right on time. Yes. Ding right. ding. That's it. Um, yeah, and I guess it just shook me right now because, you know, we think about going after dreams and going so hard. If your gift isn't pouring out, like how you said, you're pouring back into your the loved ones in your business. If it's not pouring out, what do you have to give? Yeah. What is it all for? Right. Like that's a that's really something a lot of people that are transitioning. That's what they put. Um, they write they write notes to their family. Like, what are you doing this for? There's times where you have to ask yourself those questions. What are you doing this for? You're a CEO um, of a company. What are you doing this for? Then you sit there and you're like, I, you know, I'm doing this because I want this life of luxury, but what? But for what? Because I can be happy. Will that make you happy? And there's, you're, these are questions and you're like, wow, you're right. It's the simple thing. Because I'm like, your son or your daughter would just like, just rather just you play catch catch baseball in the front yard and that makes them happy so wow yeah I'm resonating in it because it sits so deep I I was just talking with another episode um with Carla Farrell and we're talking about loss Mm -hmm. and she had to do a wake-up call she said Dawn just make sure you just wake up and smell the roses a bit because sometimes it's the chase 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 gotta get it gotta go gotta go get 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 but what about just being Right. Being in the moment. And that's definitely one of the things that we are advocates on just to be present in the moment. And me like uh, being an end of life doula, that's what we're able to do for families so they can be in the moment for their loved ones. And so they don't have to feel the stress and anxiety of what is happening, what's going on. No, just just be present. Just, just soak in the, the air and just be present and just breathe and just be positive for this whole transition. Because, yeah, you stop and smell the flowers. When should we start having these conversations with our loved ones? Now. <laughs> it is now. And it's awkward because I know it's a taboo. It's so taboo to say on your first date. So what do you think about that? You know, <laughs> what do you think about that? It's so taboo. But it's real a real deal thing. Um, we have a client right now that is expecting. And she's 24. And she's literally coming. She's perfectly healthy, nor- like healthy pregnancy and so forth. But the thing is, she wants to get her affairs in order for the what if. And so her child, she's literally making out a booklet for her child. If something was to happen, she... From from birth until their child gets married, she's making a whole a whole legacy plan of what she would like for her child and the accomplishments and things like that. So I, the time is now. We never know what's going to happen to us. So just to be prepared and have peace of mind. So you may mention a couple times about mm-hmm. um, services that you offer, right? And you talked about before about having a, a client you were working with who's working on a legacy project, and here right. we're just talking about a mother who's laying out everything for her legacy project. And I understand, with just in life in general, how important it is to leave a legacy because your legacy right. lets you know where you've been and also gives right. you a hindsight of where you're going. Right. That is, it, you you put the nail in the coffin pun sorry but literally that's that's really what it is 
And that's very, for myself, that's very big. I like to, you know, I'm very fortunate. I have my great, great grandmother is still alive. Um, right. It's such a blessing. And for her to tell me stories and I write them down, I write them down, I record them because that those are the things that get lost in translation. You know, how like in acres of land and X, Y, and Z, that, that whole picture, it gets lost in translation. So when it gets, for me, I, you know, I value that importance. And so therefore I wanted to extend that service for other people because it goes beyond me. It'll go beyond her. She transitions and that story can get lost. And so the, and to know who you are and to know where you came from, it makes you feel so empowered. Let me tell you why that means so much to me, because I'm thinking back on my mother's transition and I was just talking on the last episode. So if you haven't checked it out, be sure to check out the episode with Carla Farrell and talking about loss. But one thing that I made mention of, and Carla said the same thing, I recorded my mother asking when she met my dad, what are some of the things that you would do? But that was me in a younger mind trying to prepare myself because my mother died of stage four breast cancer. So it was like, okay, do I have to know what she smells like? Um, do I have to know what, what she's, she's doing? So in this situation, and we're talking about creating that legacy, oftentimes I think we forget to ask those questions. And I'm so glad with your services is that that puts it on the forefront. Right. Right. Correct. We put it on the forefront. We start with a, you know, we start with basic questions or basic templates of how do you want to leave it? Do you want it to be an audio recording? Do you want a a manuscript? Do you want to write it? Do you want it to be a visual? Um, how do you think it'll be best translated? We go, we start from there and it becomes its own individual beauty. Every legacy project that I've seen has been super unique and super tailored towards the family that it was going to be delivered to. Wow. And you know, it's, and it's lit for me. I look back and I'm like, wow, that's a a good gift to have a good gift because there's going to be great, great grands that have never met their aunt, but know that she was like a rock star in her prime. And sometimes I think we're rushing. You're young. You're not thinking about what your mother used to do with your dad or that quirky story or maybe why you walk like that or perhaps how your family got, you know, to wherever part of the world, um, right. different traditions that you may want to know. And, right. and that's, I, I just appreciate your line of work so much because if you've ever lost someone, these are things that are important, but you don't think about, nor do you have the capacity to wrap your brain about what's happening, but to know right. that there's someone there to say, hey, I know this process. And I want to make sure, as you stated, that you're at peace with your decisions. You're at peace spending time with your loved ones. You're at peace knowing who you are and where you're going. So while I can pinpoint and I can say those things outright looking at you, Ashley, I'm curious to know what makes your line of work so rewarding for yourself. Um, I am actually rewarded through the people in the families that mother nature once again, saying how much appreciate you, you know, here's a sidebar Uh quote as we hear this thundering ramping in the background. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. Here's the thing too. I think this conversation is going to help. And there's a quote that I stumbled across a couple weeks ago. And it says that, you know, you ask God to grow and then it starts raining. Baby. 
So somebody yes. is grown with this conversation today. Yes. I resonate with that. Yes. But yeah. Wow. So what makes it rewarding for you? It it the families. It's the families and the people that are transitioning. Because it makes you know that life is here today and gone tomorrow. So what what are you going to leave? What is your legacy? What like what what is Ashley going to leave? What what is what are the doulas of loyal hands and life doulas? What what are they going to leave? Um, but I'm appreciative of that. Um, it makes me appreciate the small things, um, like this thunderstorm. It, it's loud, but you appreciate the small. Like you can feel the rain. You can you know how you can smell rain. Mm-hmm. It's the small intricacies of that. It's like I, I take joy in it because I often. I am human. I get into my rigmarole of life and I'm go, go, go mode. And to slow down and say, Hey, what is my purpose? Am I serving my purpose? Am I, am I executing my purpose? And, and, you know, am, am I fulfilling? These are questions you start to ask yourself. And, and for me, creating loyal hands, the end of life doulas, it helps help me in the journey to fulfilling a purpose. Absolutely. And I just thinking, I'm like, wow, just as you talked about how in time it is when you're talking about the baby boomers and why they can see this as a reality. But I'm just curious to myself, you being a millennial, have you made your plans? Are your, are your affairs in order? I have. Wow. You, you can't know. Right. And I had to have this conversation with my family. So <laughs> that, that itself was like, wait a minute, are you trying to tell us something? But no, this is a real deal thing because I never know. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, later on, less than today. So I can't ask other people to get their affairs in order if mine aren't. So I had to bring that conversation to the forefront for my family. We had the conversation and it sparked other things um, from other family members to now join in and say, hey, I kind of want to get mine together too. I'm like, you never know what's going to happen. Like, so to speak, we have, uh, they're called awakes. Um, it's for when the person is, they're still cognizant and we have a, a, a party, so to speak. It's like a party, so to speak. So they are, it's their awake. So you have everybody come and it's like, you give your, you give them their flowers while they can still smell it. Oh, Wow. You can have, you have people speak on, you know, and then you can hear them speak on how they, you know, felt about your eulogy. So, so to speak, you can, you have that while you're still alive and people can enjoy your presence and things like that. And it's taking away the stigma of death. It's taking away that, that power that death has over people. And it's making it very trivial because it's like, I have control. I'm having a party right now. I know that I'm going to be transitioning but I'm going to enjoy it while I still have my power. That was so beautiful. It is. And you, and everybody, they come together. You can, and that's the funny part is you can hear the people, they, they say, you know, they say their speeches and then you can also evaluate. You're like, Hey, you know what? Mike's speak wasn't as good as I thought it was. So I'm going to actually mark him off my list. (laughs) (laughs) Susan looked like she's here for my money. So I'm going to write her. I'm going to, I'm gonna get and redraft my will right quick. <laughs> Make some amendments real quick. Let me get this oh, notarized. <laughs> oh wow! But, you know, it takes away that fear. 
And that because pressure. Because I was, right. even as you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so uncomfortable. So it's like, oh my gosh, I'm looking at you knowing that you're going to die. But again, we're not here forever. And that's why you got to treasure the moments. Right. And it's a, have- it's a celebration. Right. And that's what the whole thing, we try to make that mindset. It's a celebration. We are celebrating life. Um, because right now, like I said, in Western societies, we don't talk about death. It's taboo. We don't talk about it. It's it's a known fact. But traditionally, in indigenous tribes, like death is a celebration. We immortalize in in dying because we we take it and we make it a whole week celebration of the life of the person. Mm. So yeah, it it's definitely a spectacle to see when people actually embrace the fact that they are transitioning and take power into that whole aspect of mystery, but and incorporating happiness with it. Right. Almost as if you're, you're, you're transcending on to your ancestors, those who have it's, came before. Right. It's like a graduation. Mm-hmm. It's your graduation party. You like when you put in this aspect of when you're go- leaving high school and you're going to college and you don't know what's going to happen Ooh. next. Ooh. It's foreign. <laughs> Something came over my spirit. You said it's a graduation. And when we think, ah, oh, come on. You said it's a graduation. Well, we have to think about what is the degree that you're receiving? Did you complete it? Right. Did you live it out? Right. What were you going after? Ashley. Oh my Very gosh, good. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. So What's next for Loyal Hands? What do you hope for this to grow into? Um, honestly, I'm, my hope is to really just to bring death into the mainstream topic. Because a lot of people, we're not talking about it. And it gets brushed by the wayside. A lot of things happen. Your funeral gets planned after you die. And some things you're not really, you didn't really want. You, you know, sometimes people, they plan a really gaudy funeral for you. But you're actually a minimalist. So, for to really continue the death positive movement and that's like to aim to bring awareness to to rethinking your whole death experience i have the whole aspect of you want to live well and you want to die well Mm. for me there's a disparity on living well so therefore i try to break the disparity to make sure everybody all inclusive can die well and everything is respected down from confidentiality, down from, you know, handling different affairs to dealing with family right. members. Wow. From planning, organizing your the funeral and, you know, the whole legacy project and you're from helping your errands around the house. A lot of people, when they're transitioning, they feel like they're burdening their family. They're like, oh, my family has to sit here with me all day. Oh, my family has to clean up behind me. And it's like, no. No, no, no. You be, I want, I'm here for you to be present. You to take in the little things with your family, to drop little jewels or what have you, to take in the moment, look at, you know, shows or what have you. So, but yeah, sorry. No, no, (laughs) you're definitely fine. I appreciate everything you said because that's real. And it's time, especially what's happening right now. You know, a lot of adjustments are being made because of COVID-19. This whole pandemic right. has people thinking, right. but it's having you face reality that you got to spend time with stuff. What do you want? Because right. you can walk outside and something that you cannot see can totally affect the whole transition or trajectory of your life. Right. And so while, you know, this conversation has definitely been about uh, the transition and the end of life, 
there is something that I'd like to say, kind of like a phoenix. You know, a phoenix goes down only to come back up. And as you transition out of this life, or as, as we all will one day, we're going to be rising into something else. And as we prepare this, this bridge, I'm curious, and I would love to hear from you, Ashley. As you know, this podcast is called Vitamin D. Right. You know, it's all about shedding light into people's lives. And I think you've done that with talking about how this whole transition of life is and a different perspective and why it's important for the person that's experiencing or about to go through the duration of the transition, but those who are the loved ones who are witnessing it. Mm -hmm. So as we are talking about vitamin D, as I talk to you about the life bank account, what dose of inspiration, what deposit can you make in someone's life bank account right now about how to look at life, about what your business can do, about who you are as a person? When, the, when people say that life is really precious, it really is. And it's here today and gone tomorrow. Now, when I, to deposit something into um, their account is the, to enjoy the simple things. What, and I get it. The perspective of what's simple to you, what's the perspective is, perspective varies. But to be true to self as well, because that's a lot of times I do hear that, um, and I'm learning to be true to self, um, unapologetically yourself and not what somebody wants or expects of you because it's your life. And, um, wow, that is, that is an awesome question (laughs) because it was, yeah, I'm like, life is a whole process. It's life is a process. And so is, and death is, an aspect of life. Mm. So not to look at death as grim. Like when people see me and any other end of life doula, you will notice that we have an abundance of energy as like super positive because you know, like we take into account that we deal with death and dying on a, on a daily basis. So just to, just to have that positive energy and positive spirit about oneself. And that's what I, to carry on with loyal hands, our duelist, to make sure that you have crappy days, but remember what we are doing this for. Like, and even when our families and their, their loved ones transition, we also mourn. We like, you know, this, because we've become attached and we do have to take ourselves away and, and, and meditate and things like that. Like we are human as well. Uh, but to put into somebody's life deposit is that, Life is really precious and no take do not take it for granted. Even on your worst day, don't take it for granted because somebody would love to be in your shoes. No matter how small and cramped you think your shoes are, somebody wants to be there because they are less fortunate in a worse uh, worse position than you are. And that doesn't always mean a financial situation. Just that could be someone right. with everything in the world and they don't have right. any more time. They're sick. Right. 2020 is crazy in itself. Mm-hmm. Like, but guess what? It's adjusting the vision. You're yes. starting to see things a little bit more clearly. So, right. Ashley, if someone is interested in learning more about your, your, your organization, if they'd like to follow you, where can they reach you? They can reach me um, at Loyal Hands. It's loyal-hands.com. On Instagram, loyal.hands. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you. Is there anything that we can check out or anything else we should look out for from you? Um, 
definitely I'm working with loyal like our duelists here at Loyal Hands to really put a positive spin on the whole death the death movement to actually help people feel more in control of of the process of death and dying and take away that stigma of negativity with death and dying because it is heavy. It's a heavy thing to to take over. Um, but at this moment, we're just literally plummeting through to take up be death positive. Yes, death positive. You can't be death positive <laughs> unless you're living life positive. Ashley, I want to thank you so much for uh, speaking with me today, educating on me, shedding some light on me and so many of the vitamin D listeners about the importance of living life, which results in the transition and end of life. Thank you. No, thank you for having me uh, on here. Like, take that. Thank you, seriously, for having me on your podcast to talk about end of life, um, to bring light of the services of end of life and that this is something that people of all ranges can benefit from. Thank you. No, thank you so much. And, you know, I hope that you got something out of this to understand how precious life is worth in the living now and how important it is to live while you're still alive. You got purpose Every day you have 48,600 chances to live your best life. So live on purpose right now. And if you want to get more information about Ashley and what she does, make sure you visit the website, loyal-hands.com. Ashley, continue to do the work. Thank you for being an instrument. But more importantly, thank you for your dose of depositing into the vitamin D account today. Have a great one. Thank you. Wow. A death doula. I would have never even thought of that. But I'm so grateful that I'm aware now. And I look back when my mother died that Ashley or an organization, company such as Loyal Hands would have been so beneficial because there's so many questions that you have that you don't even know to ask. There are resources that you don't even know to access. There are uncomfortable conversations that are better had just being uncomfortable. So I hope that this conversation was as eye-opening for you as it was for me when I was having it. And you know, when I was speaking to Ashley, I really saw a younger me. Someone who knew from an early age that they had something different and then later turned that something into a vision that could help others. And I think that's what life is about. That's what this conversation was about. It's about walking in your truth and it's about living your life because you don't know when it's over. And that whole different perspective of what it means to live your best life right now and treasuring the things are so important. You know, I just can't wait to have her back on the show. There was just so many great gems. As we move forward in these trying times, I think it's important that we remember that we continue to make deposits in our life bank account. And if that means to go exercise, do that. Schedule out your life, make a plan. Call your parents, your family, your loved ones, and just tell them that you love them. All of these small things add up to big achievements in your life, believe it or not. And if you want a million, you got to start at 10. So why not start with them? Oh, you like what I did there? Um, But no, really, if you did enjoy what Ashley had to say and you want to learn more about her organization, 
I want to encourage you to follow or check out loyal-hands.com as well as on Instagram at loyal.hands and on Facebook at loyal hands all one word. As always, you can catch us where you get your favorite podcasts every Monday with more inspiring conversations and insights. And if you're looking for more vitamin D in your life, you can also follow me at Dawn Day Speaks on all social media. Again, that's Dawn, D-A-I Speaks on all social media. And until next time, always remember, you are your greatest asset.